You are listening to the Talking Tough Podcast, the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. Their stories of triumph, their falls from grace, and their climb back to the top, to life. This is Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough on the Podcast One Network. Hey, all Rick Bassman here, live, Talking Tough, calling from the... Uh, upcountry of Maui, where it's calm and quiet and eerie again today. Hawaii is shut down hard, um, but it's peaceful here. A crazy, crazy week in the world, but it's uh, quiet and peaceful here, at least, I'm happy to report. Uh, the few gentlemen we have on today are coming to us from pretty busy areas, so I'm going to want to ask them about uh, how the world looks from uh, from their perspective. Uh, I'm excited about the guest today. You you know who's on, of course, Shalva Guerrero and Guy Mesger. Two of you know, there's a lot of reasons that I love this what I call superhero team up. This particular one today. Uh, one is well, here's a big one from their respective worlds and disciplines, the, the worlds of pro wrestling and mixed martial arts. These guys are two of you know in the in the annals of those sports. These guys are two of the most storied middleweights, light heavyweights that there are. Uh, they have, you know, in, uh, to, to coin a phrase, we all know they've been there and, and done that. And I'm looking forward to talking to them a little bit about their uh, ring and cage wars, but most uh, mostly about their lives outside of those disciplines. These are uh, two guys that, you know, I'm, we've been friends, Shabo and I, for a long time. I've known Guy for a long time. Uh, we haven't been in touch too much lately. But what I do know about them, you know, post their full-time in-ring and in-cage careers is they're both very active professional guys who, in my estimation at least, have, have their heads on straight, especially now in this crazy time. So without any uh, further delay, I want to bring on my two guests. Oh, one more thing to mention. Another reason I like this. Okay, these guys, they're, they're legends, as I mentioned. Shavo in pro wrestling, guy in mixed martial arts especially in those middle and light heavyweight divisions. But as I found out briefly before we went live here, they have never met. And that always makes for an interesting dynamic. So I am glad to introduce to my audience and to each other, Guy Mesger and Shalva Guerrero. Hello. <laughs> guys, how hey you guys. doing? Hey, good. Glad so, to be here. You two have never, uh, you guys have never, you obviously know about each other, but you two have never met before. It's really cool to uh, yeah. to see the two of you together here. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Rick, oh, yeah, I can't I... hear you, brother. I'm sorry? Oh. <laughs> I can't hear um, Rick. I can hear you, Guy. I can't hear Rick. Maybe. Uh, I can hear Guy as well. Guy, can you hear me? See you and hear you. Mm. Yeah, I can hear, I can hear everybody. Okay, okay great. I, I want to do this so real quick. Shambo, uh, Guy. Here. And Shavo's off. He's going to come back on. We had this glitch. Everybody watching before we got started. That's why we're running a little bit late. Uh, sometimes this happens, as we always like to only half joke. They can put a man on the moon or Mars these days, but can't quite get streaming technology right. But um, we'll uh, we'll slog through. We always do. So hang tight for Shavo Guerrero. In the meantime, the king of Pan Craze and UFC legend. And my buddy in Texas, Guy Mesger. How you doing, Guy? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. How are you? I guess you're doing I'm all really right. Good. Thank you. 
if you gotta be quarantined, you might as well be quarantined in paradise. Dude, I tell you, man, it's um, I, I'm not complaining. That's for sure. We live um, we oh testing one two three for Shovel Guerrero. All good, all good, brother. All right, but good. I can't hear Shovel now, guy. Can you hear Shovel? I can hear. Test, him. test, test, test. One two. All can right. you hear me, Rick? Um, can Shavo, you hear me, Rick? Can you hear me? Thumbs up. All good. I can hear you. We reversed. Now Shavo can hear me, but I can't hear him. So, what we, what we're probably gonna do is this. I am probably gonna invite my producer, John Paz of the Two Man Power Trip, to join us. John is an incredibly experienced interviewer and very knowledgeable about uh, mixed martial arts and pro wrestling. I dare say more so than myself. So, John, do you want to join us and uh, be here to give us a hand today? Sure. All right. And there is a two-man power trip logo. Can we see you on video or are we going to watch the logo? Either is fine. Let me. Uh... I know, John's Okay, guys, we'll get there. Thanks for bearing with it. Guys, no worries, what's man. Going no on? worries. Can you let people know real quickly? Let me know, Shabo what's happening in uh, the Dallas area for you these days? For me? Uh, well, it's interesting. I've had to, uh, you know, uh, I've had to redo my, my medical practice, um, you know, around COVID, you know, you know, we're an integrated uh, practice, but I'm the naturopath of the group. And, um, you know, a lot of the allopathic medicate, you know, uh, diagnostics, you know, are easy to do because, you know, it's either blood or MRI, things like that, right? And you send it out to somebody else. But mine, I mean, our analysis is, you know, I got to see you in person. You know, I got to see how you walk. I got to see how your eyes look, you know, things like that. That, that That's my specialty. And so when well, COVID hit... Well, a, a fighter with a brain. Where, where, where is that? <laughs> that's good for you. It, it, every now and one slips by. <laughs> right. And uh, But anyways, you know, so I... Uh, you know, of course, the gym, you know, uh, is uh, it's interesting. I it's been going. It's like an autopilot. It's, it's been it was a wonderful. You know, we've always been, uh, you know, really successful there. And, and that has, uh, uh, you know, that, that has gone away, too. I mean, the gym is still there, but I mean, the, the money part of it is drastically reduced. And, um, you know, so I've, this has been a challenging uh, time, but it's also been good because. I'm kind of one of those guys that, uh, you know, I wait, I wait till crisis happens. Like if Armageddon's coming, guys, hang around me. I'll figure out how to get out of it. I'm that kind of guy. But the problem is, I tend to just kind of sit on my ass until there's a crisis to go on for me to get to do something. And you know, I've been meaning to change up some of the ways we do some of our, our practice. We're going to change up some of the ways we do some stuff, some of the practices that you do at the gym. But things were just easy. My, we were doing well in the practice. We were doing well at the gym. Life is good, you know. I'm raising my babies, and so why do this? And and I, I and I and I didn't. And so I ended up getting this last year was a, a was a pretty, you know pretty tough one, which is interesting because my wife had her most successful year in her entire career. My wife is a rock star in the IT business. I mean, everybody knows my wife's name and. Uh, she had her best year ever. So as I'm tanking, she's going up. So I was like, so, you know, it was good. It was good. I mean, it was just nice. You know, we didn't get hurt like a lot of the other people. Because I know a lot of a lot of people, uh, especially in the martial art business, um, had to close down shops, you know, and uh, they're having a tough time going. And it's, 
You know, one, one thing I've always, you know, guy, again, like I said before you came on, you and I don't know each other that well. I, we've known each other for years, though. One yeah. one thing you've always struck me as, no matter what's going on, you're just a very positive person. And I have to tell you, and Shavo, same with you. And that's another Thank reason you. I wanted to put this particular mix together. We'll put guys on every now and then. It'll turn into a bitch fest, which is, you know, entertaining in its own right, but not really what we're after, usually. Uh, I, I love, especially in these times when most people are so bummed out having such a hard time, it's uh, it's refreshing to talk with someone who's doing well. So I'm really glad to hear that guy. And I want to point out also, if you if you follow Guy Mesgar on social media, which I do, I don't think I've ever seen anybody that likes and respects their wife as much as you do. So that's pretty awesome, man. Listen, I got a rock star wife. It's, uh, you know... Uh, Every year since I was 40, I started posting. You know, people made fun of me because I somehow act, act a little smarter than I really am sometimes. And people were like, you should, you should do like, when I turned 40, they go, you should do the 40, you know, 40 things that God measure thinks everybody should have. So I started making a list of 40 things. And then when I turned 41, I just said so 50, uh, uh, third one, you know, this, this year. But the number one, the number one thing that, that I advise to you is, Go for that girl who's out of your league because you never know. You, you might surprise yourself. That's number one because exactly what I did. Uh, you know, I was like, uh, I I tell people all the time, I it is better to be lucky than good, right? Because I'm lucky. Uh, I, I, all right. I, I got a question. I've never you been on that this good. I want to question you on this. I want to analyze this for a second here. Um, before we talk to Shalom about his wife, who's also very awesome, I had the pleasure of being at their wedding a million years ago it seems like now um so guy i always like again half jokingly say you know for for a short funny looking bald guy i've done pretty well with you know with the females you said you shot you you shot above your level no you're like the middleweight king stud of the world what was (laughs) what was above your level how do you see that Oh, my wife? I mean, yeah. my wife is the closest thing. You'll, you'll see they're like a living superhero, you know, like, you know, uh, she's uh, she's a, a freaking nature. I tell people all the time, I said, I, I waited uh, older to get married because I wanted to have genetically superior children. And uh, <laughs> I said, the sad part is, is that it's one day down the road, I'm going to have to tearfully admit to my kids that I'm the one who brought down the gene pool. uh, (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, she is, she has a, she's uh, about to be 50 years old now. She has a body like a, a a fitness model. She doesn't work out that hard. And uh, I think we got Rick coming back. There he is. uh, There you go. I'm just, uh, oh, he's gone again. What do they say, guy? It's uh, it's happy, happy, happy wife, happy life. It's oh, kind of true, so. right? It's ca- it's ca- it's kind of true, man, for sure, man. It's I always know that when my wife's happy, my life is usually going a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Rick was saying you 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 uh he that you have an amazing wife too. I'll tell you something. I I, I tell people all the time, but I I've always been a fairly self assured guy in the things that I'm good at. I'm always good at fighting. And, I was always a good athlete and stuff, but then, you know, when, when that world started coming, you know, undone for me, 
Yeah, it was an interesting change, you know. And I'll tell you something. My number one, my, my, my number one rock star cheerleader was my wife sitting there. This, I mean, literally, I, you know, it was her who made me make the pitch to Mark Cuban. Three months later, I'm the president of a, you know, of of his tele, part of his television company. You know, I'm in the division of his television company. You know, so right, yeah, right. I you know, I'm a badass. Yeah. Why? Yeah, my ass is badass. <laughs> you know, the no one supporters supports us like that. You know, like you know, you got a lot of you know fans and the people that are you know supposedly behind you, but they don't see the lows. You know, they don't see the training. They don't see you get out of bed and baby. You know, it's hard to get out of bed sometimes, and all the damage we've done to our bodies from what we, you know, our professions. So to have them. Uh, be that cheerleader to us and, and keep us going, you know, and that's, that's, I think the best, the, the biggest part. Oh man. Amen, brother. Amen. I, I, I'm a, you know, everybody needs, everyone needs a team, you know, but there's, you know, the, yeah. and that's the one thing I can safely say, it doesn't matter how mad I can make my wife. Cause I'm not an angel all the time. I know that's hard <laughs> for you. And uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter how mad I, she's at me. She, she loves me more than anything else, you know, and yeah. and it's like it's it's it, it, it's it's a to be honest, that's a really reassuring thing, and I, I can guarantee, especially like I said, you know, I, I don't know how you know you handled your transformation, you know, in in yeah. you know, spotlight and stuff like that, and I didn't think it was going to be that big a deal for me to be honest. I was like, you know, I always I was always had I always had the the knowledge, the foreknowledge that it wasn't going to last forever, right? Right, but. Right. You know, then it really happened, and you're like, "Well, shit, doesn't last forever." <laughs> you know. Well, that uh, that's it. We know that we know it's not going to last forever. But when we get in that reality that it's really getting over, you're like, "Wait a minute, I I, I thought I was prepared, but I'm not prepared for this." You know, yeah. I'm not prepared. We're so used to doing that routine that we had for so long, which is you know, you train, you train, you train, you fight, get punched in the face, whatever it is, you go on with your life, and you do it all over again, do it all over again, and then when you it starts taking taken away from you and it's not always on our terms you're kind of like wait a minute that's not how it's supposed to be you know yeah uh, that, that's yeah amen i mean you i mean you you about you 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 i couldn't add anything other than, you know to that because right. exactly right and, and that's and i'll be honest that's like i tell people all the time that's why I'm good you know good friends and and stuff like that because you know and, and you're and you you can have it too you have a lot of your buddies who it's like you got to have that conversation with them because they don't know when it's done. Yeah, and for sure. You see that all the time. And no one wants to be that guy. Not even the guys that are those guys. No one wants to be those guys that, that should have hung it up a few years back that we all see it. And we all see it. We all know, but no one wants to be that guy, but there's still those guys that don't realize that yet. You know, it's, that's, it, it sucks. That, that's one thing about the fight game that I just, I, I that it kills me sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, hell, the pro wrestling, I mean, I mean, the amount of pun, I always tell people, pro wrestling may be scripted, but it's not fake because that's a real chair yeah. that just hit that in the head. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Is, that is a really big 10-foot drop he just took on the side of his head. And so it's yeah. like, I got, I, got, I, I remember I talking to Ken about it. I remember talking to Ken about it and we're like, you know, dude, well, why are you going back to, to real fighting? He's like, man, I... I I can't handle the pounding every, you know, week in and week out that you that that the wrestlers take all the time. He's like, I, I'd rather just, you know, go, go fight twice a year and be all right. I was like, I hear you though. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there was uh in Japan, um, they wanted me to uh uh 
they want me to go to pro wrestling over there, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And they, they have, they had a, uh, it was, uh, uh, it was, it was, it was a, a work, it was total works, but they were, uh, slight, slightly stiffer works and, and they yeah. had theatrics to it. They, they mixed a lot of, like the Lucha Libre thing into right. Sense. I can't remember things. And the guys were smaller, you know, like I would have been one of the bigger guys. I can't remember the thing, but the, really, uh, kind of cool. So, but I started looking at, you know, the falls they were taking. Right. You know, and I'm like it, 35, you know, this is like, well, actually, no, I was a little younger than that. Uh, no. yeah. but, but still, I'm looking at that going, nah. <laughs> I, I don't care I, what, what, I what type of fight game you're in. It, whatever fight game you're in, it, it's it's a young man's sport. You know, you, okay. you know, in pro wrestling, we're able to do it a little bit longer sometimes, but it's just, it's a young man's sport. It really is. I mean, just the bumps and bruises and just your body doesn't heal like it used to heal. And I don't care, you know, what you're doing, if you're getting punched in the face or falling to a mat, it just doesn't heal like that. And then you got these young guys out there that are, you know, especially pro wrestling, they're, you know, they're like, oh, it's real. I'm really punching your face. Like, dude, <laughs> relax, man. <laughs> You know, guys, you know something funny? We had, um, last week, we had uh, Boss Rutten and Dallas Page on together, and they got into, like, a, a pretty good-natured argument about which one was tougher on the body. And oh, I'm, I'm, I'd never get in that argument at all. But, I, but that, that's what, that's one of those things that you're going to lose. Both sides are going to lose because no, but, both sides have – we're fighters. It doesn't matter. We're all the no, same. Here, I don't care what it is. Here's a funny thing about this argument. Boss was arguing and saying pro wrestling is harder – Oh. And Paige, Paige was saying mixed martial arts is harder. So <laughs> go figure. Look, right? well, look. You know, what the difference is, is one's a little scarier. And yeah, you know, because that was a little scarier. But it is, I mean, I, I listen, I, I did some bumps. You know, I went, I went out there and I took some. And, and like I said, what convinced me that I wasn't going to do this was like, one, you have to offer up your body. So you have to trust another man, especially when the, some of these throws stuff they're doing. I'm like, right. And they, listen, they I landed you know, safely. They were did a great job on what I was doing. But I still landed from like a six foot drop onto uh you know onto a ring court. I'm like going right, you know, F this. And you know, it was kinda like I was yeah. we were talking about retiring. Uh a few uh I guess I was retired two years and maybe it was two years, close to two years. Yeah, I think I, I wasn't forty yet. I was thirty eight maybe. Um yeah I don't know. I think I was about thirty whatever, sometime around then. And um I got an offer from Bodog. Uh, they wanted me to fight. And I told my wife, you know, like I said, when I retire, I'm not going to be one of those guys that jump back and forth and do that stuff. I said, when I'm done, I'm done. But uh, to be honest, man, that guy at Bodog, he was throwing stupid money. I mean, stupid money. And it's I'm hard like, to pass that money up, man. It's hard yeah, to pass like, it up. They want me to fight Hodger Gracie, you know? And I mm. and I saw him, you know, and I, like, you know, he's an amazing uh, jujitsu guy, but... Mm. You know, I beat him fighting, right? And so I was like, for that kind of money, for that kind of money, I would have fought the entire Gracie clan at, at first. And right. so I said, I said, all right, before I agree to this, I said, I want to see how hard it's going to be to me get back in shape. And they said, yeah, no rushing. So I started training. I spent about six weeks, you know, uh, wrestling, doing, you know, doing my wrestling, my submissions. Got, you know, about three weeks into it, I got my mind on there. I felt good, wasn't injured. So I saw I go down to the boxing gyms, go down to, uh, Oh, Curtis Coates, the world famous. He's recently died this year, which is sad. But Curtis Coates, Jim, he was one of my first boxing coaches. And he was a world champion back in the 50s and 60s. And um, I went down to his gym and started training. And I didn't even really get hit. I just got banged. And I, after two weeks of that, I called him up and said, no, nah, man, I'm staying retired. 
<laughs> well, that, that's it. It I doesn't. Want to, I don't want to take the bangs anymore. You know, so that, pe- pe- take people it. ask me like, you know, how do you know when you guys? How do you guys, you know, rehearse or how do you guys practice? I go, I we don't practice. It hurts yeah. too much. I don't practice now. What you know, just like fighting when you're when you're in there and you're you know you're facing another person. To me, nothing really hurts. I mean, for the most part, you know, I mean, you can slam me through the tables, you can hit me with chairs. It's like, you know, you get in that mode, that, that, in that mode where you like that pain. You're like, come on, bring it, bring it. But it's just, it's afterwards. It's afterwards. It's, you know, two or three years or four years afterwards that it starts hurting. It really hurts, you know. When I'm in there, I'm like, you know, kick me in the face. I'm cool. <laughs> I'll take it. Oh, but yeah. then afterwards, I'm like, oh, dude, what am I thinking about? it was boring for me it's like you know it's like i'll get in there and you know every now and then one of the one of the you know um better fighters gets in there you know and it's like and i got that competitive thing and i just keep going going and the next day i'm like yeah oh, man. it's like it's it like it's, my it's popcorn you know it's funny the uh the amount of pain that we get used to taking that we enjoy you know, especially yeah. back then when you're younger, you're like, all right, bring it, bring it. I, you know, you know, hit me, hit me harder. But now I look at it now going, oh, no wonder I, you know, <laughs> it's hard for me to move sometimes because of all those times that we were enjoying that pain. Yeah, I, 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 I never really, I always tell people the, uh, I never, reason I, I had so many fights and, 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 and got, you know, some of, some, some of my brains was I was very difficult to get to hit. In fact, you know, like, right, right. Really started getting hit was about when I said it was in my thirties. I never really got caught before that. You started slowing uh, down, yeah. Huh? But yeah. In my thirties, I you know started slowing down a little bit, and I got caught, uh, you know, uh, by with guys that I think if I was in my twenties, I wouldn't have been caught by. Um, sure. But that's the curse of age. But I always tell people, uh, uh, the reason I I did that was was my first because of my first boxing experience. I was I tell people it's also the same reason why I I became a wrestler. In 1976, mm-hmm. I was eight years old, and um, the Rocky movie came out. And I, I don't know if you guys went to the movie theaters in that one, but oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, oh, you remember yeah. people were cheering in the movie. They were cheering in the movie as if their cheering was going to change the outcome of the movie. Right? That's we were right. that. That's I right. was one of those guys. I'm on top of the my chair. I'm eight years old. And I'm like Rocky, Rocky, and I'm like, going. so I'm like. I have my destiny. I'm going to be a boxer. Yeah. That's what I'm going to be. And this is the '70s, so every so every rec center had boxing back then, right? You know, I mean, I'm right. a prerequisite. So Join the boxing team. Three weeks into the coach is like, "Hey, you want to spar?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm Rocky Balboa, right?" I go out there, boom, right in the nose. My nose literally bled for three days straight. Right. When I get back to the thing. I joined the wrestling team. <laughs> <laughs> so shovel. Sh- sh- you're probably on the other side of the theater cheering for Thunderlips then. Hey, y'all, for sure, for sure, man. I was over there cheering for Hulk Hogan when he picked him up, and I, I was that, that was my side. <laughs> because, well, especially back then, back then, there really wasn't, you know, MMA wasn't as prevalent. So, well, actually, really, MMA wasn't really around like, like it is now. But so there was always that debate, you know, can a wrestler beat a boxer? And, you know, being, being a wrestler, I was always like, yeah, of course. You know, we amateur wrestled our entire life. I wasn't even really allowed to get into a wrestling ring. Well, we did, but we amateur. They were like, they they always stressed on me, you know, amateur wrestling, amateur wrestling, amateur wrestling. And I wanted to hit the ropes. They're like, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. So, uh, you know, my grandfather, we were judo and wrestling and a little bit of jujitsu that was around. 
Um, so I was, you know, I was, I grew up with um, Carlos Palomino uh, Jr. Was, uh, went to my high school. So he would always tell me about his dad, you know, his dad, oh, you know, boxing can beat wrestling. And I was like, no, it can't, you know, it can't, you can't you, wrestling, your boxing cannot beat wrestling. So we always had that, that uh, riff, you know, so of course I was always, uh, <laughs> I was uh, cheering the, you know, Thunderlips. Yeah, it's fun, and it's funny that you mentioned boxing can't beat wrestling because that's something you, you would have known that your entire life with your pedigree, I'm sure. Uh, that's something the general populace didn't even understand probably until, wow, the late right. 90s. Well, uh, well, I mean, if you box, a, if you fight a boxer, you stand up with him, well, he's going to pick you apart. That's well, his game. In, you can't, you can't do that. But, we're, but yeah, our thing was always, you know, stay away, take you down choke you out that was our thing you know we will take a couple shots here and there and if he doesn't knock you out then you could be okay their shot was to knock you out but i mean i, I love the sweet science i love boxing because it's so technical and so beautiful uh but i you know i was i came from the side that we always thought wrestling would win you know who knows sure it depends you it know, depends on the fighter we, we lost guy and I, he's gonna dial back in i have to yeah. say shava this is I think we're like on episode 64 or 74. I'm not even sure. This is right. by far the easiest one I've ever had to do. And I hope Guy comes back on because you guys are both so good at this and so experienced at this. Right, I right. Feel like I can, uh, I, hey, guys, I don't know what's going on, but uh, I just keep... You let, black you're down. You're, let the I, fighters... Telling, <laughs> let the fighters Shavo, tell When you're dialing back on, that this is by far the easiest interview or conversation I've ever done for Talking Tough. Because you guys are both so experienced and so good at this that I can like head to the bar. I can come back at the end of the hour and it we'll get like the best reviews we ever got. So thank you guys for this, man. You're making it really easy. No, no, no. To a guy when you left, we were talking about, you know, growing up in the wrestling game and doing amateur and all that stuff for yeah. you know my entire life before that we I grew up with um, Carlos Palomino Jr. went to my high school. So his you know, we always had the debate that boxing, he always thought boxing could beat wrestling. And I was always, no way, it can't. Wrestling's going to be boxing. No, it can't. Yeah. I mean, unless I, unless I box you, well, yeah, you're going you're gonna to knock me out, you know? But we were always, I just, you know, stay away, get, pick my you pick my spot, take it down, choke it out. And, uh, you know, and I, we always had that, you know, so that's why we're, I'm such a, a wrestling fanatic and a wrestling oh, yeah. fan. You know, but. Well, I tell you all the time, it's like, you know, I grew up in the 70s, you know? Right. We had to deal with things like, you know, Force busing, which was a great idea, just didn't work, you know. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. Literally from kindergarten on, we knew about fighting and, and all that, you know. And and I, and, and uh, you know, I tell them all the time, it's like when I, you know, uh, I was just like, you know, I'm sorry, I'm the thing started going again. I thought I was about to lose you guys. So, <laughs> you know, so when I started wrestling and I, you know, I was good at it, right, like, like that, you know, I was like, it changed the dynamics of everything in that thing. I, I tell them all the time. I never lost a fight in, in the street, you know, because, you, you know, using my wrestling, I sit there and I go, and I, again, like I said, I grew up in the seventies and eighties, you know, and fighting was a rite of passage back then. It was, of course, you know, we didn't go, go back to our home, get a gun and shoot the entire school up for it. Like we, yeah, you know, that's, that's, yeah, it's changed for sure. I just saw uh, a post in the bottom from Yogi who said he was a bouncer and he's, and I was going to mention that before, but, he says he's never seen a fight stand up and, and just fight like this. It always goes to the ground. 
I mean, I've never, I've been in a hundred bar fights and never once have we just sat there and duped it out. It's always ended up on the ground every single time. Unless I got a chair broken over my head. But. <laughs> well, I always told everybody, I said, most of my fights don't, uh, street fights are never go to the clinch because once I know I'm having the trouble, I punch yeah. them and it's usually that's it. <laughs> no, no, Everyone no, for sure, for sure. Everyone thinks they're a tough guy till they, till they get punched because they never, I tell people all the time, you've never been right. punched by someone who knows how to punch because if you did, you You're wouldn't right. be scared. I said, I'm yeah. not even a big puncher, but I still would put you to sleep so big, quick and be crying. Oh, oh. Hey, like, hey, just, 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 just have a, just have a boxer. Give you a kidney punch just once. Oh, just once. You're you're done. Yeah, yeah, you're done. Gonna, it's I'm over. I'm a nice left hand to the liver. Liver, oh, even better. A liver punch, or oh, or uh, or you know, once you once you're you get punched in, in the mouth and your teeth break, you usually yeah. stop. <laughs> well, like hey, guys, I said, we will, we will my first boxing experience. My first boxing experience. My nose got banged up so bad. Like I said, I became a wrestler. <laughs> right, like, right, right. Right. <laughs> we, we have a lot of people watching. We're getting a ton of comments. So okay. if you want to throw one or two in, uh, Yogi, who you just responded to, he's a good yep. personal friend. So I just want to say hi to Yogi. Um, Yo. Guy, so you're the king of pan cranks. I, I'm yep. a student. I've been involved in the sport since the early days. I know what that is. Was a I'm huge fan know. of pan cranks. I was a huge fan of pan cranks. I you love pan cranks when it came out. But Guy, can you, we have a lot of, people on today that know both disciplines there's others that are just wrestling fans others that are strictly mixed martial arts fans yeah how, how would you summarize the significance of pancreas to people that are are not familiar with it well okay well first of all it uh it actually has this uh, a much bigger uh impact on mma than um than um <clears throat> and i'll explain that in a minute but um, really, the the, the uh, what Pancras did in the wrestling world was it showed that you could have a shoot style uh, fight. Guys, I might get kicked out of here again. I'm sorry. You could have you could have sh a, sh a shoot matches, which is a term for real real bouts in, 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 in wrestling, and that it was viable enough, entertainment enough for the, the wrestling fans. And so when Pancras came out, it was it was in Japan. It was featured both in pro wrestling and in martial arts. Right. You know, and it, and it changed, uh, and to be honest, it changed up the way they did because they were doing some stiffer forms of, of, uh, of uh, wrestling and stuff. But then they, they, they said, then they realized, okay, even th those, those things like rings and uh, UW, they, they all tried to have to go to, to, to shoots. And that's why all the big, big wigs faded off because, you know, they weren't capable of really doing shoots. And hey, um, yeah. You know, the first time uh, my, my father was a good friend with uh, Billy Robinson. So oh, yeah. uh, we were at the, at the old Cauliflower Alley Club uh, reunion one time back when it was in L.A. And I was like, you know, 17, 17 years old, 18 years old. And uh, my dad's like, hey, you know, Billy, uh, I'm thinking about sending my son to Japan and, uh, you know, and um, come training with you. So, you know, Billy was like, yeah, no problem. We'll get him a UWF. OK, I was like, all right, do some pro wrestling stuff. And then I saw UWF and I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> he's going to yeah. kill each other. Yes, yeah, it was stiff. <laughs> And, yeah. and and then so you know so so the significance of it on that end was it showed the viability of doing shoot style matches you know what i mean that right. that, yeah. that that were you know uh that were um you know entertaining and then the other side was the fact that it showed that pro wrestling can be a viable martial art so you know, panaki yeah. and all those guys they came up there but you see the difference in japanese pro wrestling i don't know if it's still that way but back then is 
you really had like, like you grew up really wrestling. Now most right. guys today don't. They're they're, they're good athletes and they're right. men basically. But right. back then in Japan, you had to know how to wrestle. You had to know how to do it, and you you may you know. And then because uh, a lot of times they had work shoots in in all sorts of pro wrestling things in Japan was that was a big deal. So you might be called on to do a real match. Like usually right. it would be like some smart aleck who, oh, pro wrestling's fake, and they put him up against some tough shooter that twists his head off. And so, so yeah, that, all, that, all those guys could go back there if you were if they wouldn't even train you. Especially in Japan, if you didn't know how to actually shoot a little bit, because you had to be able to take care of yourself, and they'd always look at it like, uh, you know, very uh, legit. You had to be legit to to be able to do the work part. Exactly, and and and, and so so really, that was kind of a cool thing. Basically, it showed pro wrestlers that hey, we can do real stuff and still and and still be viably entertaining, you know. And then we showed. Uh, the, the wrestling world showed, hey, that wrestling, you know, pro wrestling is badass, and it's and it's real. When it's real, you can, right. you know, it's a viable part. Well, and that's what and then, to the yeah. part. Yeah. And then all those Japanese wrestlers, I mean, you got like Fujiwara was a, you know, pro wrestler for years. Sakuraba, yeah. um, you know, pro wrestled. Um, got so many of them that were, that were legit shooters that were pro wrestling, you know? Yeah. Oh, Sakuraba, Suzuki, Fanaki. I mean, you go laundry yeah, list. Fanaki, of- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the other part was, is that MMA, okay? So MMA, the, remember, it was no holds barred, right? Right. How do you train for that, right? So, that, so that's really the other influences that came with, uh, with, uh, the, uh, with Pancrase was that it showed how, because, you know, I had 30-minute matches, right? So they mm-hmm. showed how to train kick-punch wrestling in um you know and 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 the long bout so basically it gave them a four gave gave people an idea a format to do your training because how do you train for no rules how do you train for no time limits how do you train for like these no weight classes there, there wasn't right. a format you know if you go into a boxing ring okay these are the- right i got kicked off again he got kicked off keep going we, we 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 lost him <laughs> we lost him again uh yeah. man i've feel like a fan today this is like i said this is fun i appreciate this um we can stay on that thread or we can throw some chavo guerrero specific questions at you let's do that real quickly all right um so bon lewis is asking we had gordy guerrero which the world knows about and then we had your dad chavo senior and then of course your eddie and hector and yourself and mondo my friend Mondo. right. right is there another generation of guerreros on the way you know, we had uh, uh, Eddie's daughter, Shaw, was uh, doing some stuff with uh, WWE. Yep. And since then, she's walked away. Um, you know, I don't know right now. I have two sons, but, um, man, I, I just such a tough game. I told him to go get your degrees, and, and we'll go from there. But it just, you know, there's a lot of second and third generation wrestlers that are out of out of work, you know. So sure. it's one of those that there was no guarantees, and it's such a hard life. I just did not want to – I just not wish that upon him. Me, it was a different story growing up because that's that was our life. We had our, our my grandfather's wrestling promotion, and we all you know grew up in the wrestling business with a wrestling ring in the backyard, and that's that's all we did. We ate, slept, drank wrestling. Yeah. So it was different. My, me, I I didn't want to go that route with my kids, man. I did I want I didn't want them to if they wanted to different story, but I didn't want to you know them to you know hurt to get out of bed and. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. all, all the stuff that go along with the traveling, the being away from your family. It's tough, man. It's not easy. Not for everybody. Well, I think you've already answered this question, but I'll ask anyway. So if one of your boys was to call you tomorrow and go, mm-hmm. hey, dad, 
this college stuff is awesome and all that, but I think I'm going to quit and sign with next. What would you say? I'd say, uh, don't be stupid. Get your degree. You're not, it's not like you're getting a degree when you're 30, you're getting a degree when you're 21 or 22, your perfect age, get your degree. And then let's go. Then, then I'm all for it. I'll train you and we'll, we'll, we're, we're for it. But, but definitely get something to back up on because uh, you know, so many of it, I didn't have a backup game. <laughs> I had no backup plan. I just, I just did it thinking, okay, I'm going to be a pro wrestler and thank God it worked out. But, um, you know, I, ever, ever since leaving wrestling, I had to reinvent myself through Hollywood and mm-hmm. TV shows and stunt work and stuff and all the different, you know, ventures going on. But it's not easy, man. Guys, I'm sorry. You're back. That, that's all right, man. Um, if, if you cut out, just keep dialing back in. This is, still, this is working just fine. No, no worries at all. Guy, there's something I have to say to you in case you cut out again. I, I'm about 20 years past due on a thank you. And this is a total non sequitur, has nothing to do with anything else we're talking about, except for maybe kind of sort of bar fight stuff. About 20 some years ago, we were in some BF town in Alabama or Arkansas, I don't remember, for one of the early UFCs. And we were in a nightclub afterwards. And I met this nice young lady there, I was dancing with her, and the local boys were like shooting daggers at me with their eyes and looked like trouble. But I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's, you know, cool. Everybody's here. I go to the bathroom, these two local boys, big boys, I come out of the bathroom, they're standing there and they're like ready to, you know, whatever they're going to do. And all of a sudden, man, their eyes went wide, like in absolute horror and fear. And I turned around and Mikey Burnett and Vernon White and Guy Mesker were standing behind me. (laughs) And uh, that, that was a good backup, man. The, uh, yeah, I'd pick those three against anybody. <laughs> I, you know, I, I tell you, Mikey Burnett has one of the I have one of the funniest stories about him. Um, uh, hopefully, I can use somewhat inappropriate language because absolutely. Oh, we kicked off. Oh well, he'll he can use it when he comes back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. That's, That's funny. So- you know, we have a, a story like that one time. Uncle Mondo was. Uh, getting into it with somebody in, in a, in a bar and there's some other wrestlers there. And, you know, he's like standing up this guy and the guy's ready to fight him. And then all of a sudden the guy just backs down and like kind of cowers away. And Mancomano's thinking like, he's still like, yeah, that's right. That's right. He turns around and Ming and Barbarian are both behind him going like this. And Ming and Barbarian, if you guys don't know, were two huge, uh, they're Tongan actually, but tough, some oh, yeah. of the toughest men in the wrestling business ever. <laughs> well, you know, if, if you um, if you subscribe to Legend, which I do, those two sure. are oftentimes considered the two toughest guys when it uh, when it came yeah. down to it. Nobody messed with them. Nobody uh, messed with them. Mondo had the faces of fear. I had the lion's den. We were both in good shape, man. That's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. So before a guy comes back to you, you were mentioning that you've been fortunate. You, you ended up with a great pro wrestling career. Right. You're for lack of a better way of saying it, your after career has been very successful also. Can you let everybody know what you're doing these days? Yeah, man. So I, um, there was a guy uh, that kind of helped me out named Rick Bassman that helped me get by one of my first jobs in uh, Grim, for Grimm uh, for an NBC uh, stunt work over there. Uh, so thank you very much for that. But uh, um we, yeah, man. So I kind of transitioned into the Hollywood world and started doing, um, first started out as a, like a wrestling coordinator. And then since I've gone to stunt coordination 
and kind of behind the scenes, you know, I like uh, I've done all this stuff on on camera. I really love being behind the scenes and creating and, you know, get taking something from a concept and seeing it on film. You know, I, I love that. I love that. And uh, be able to work with the direct directors directly and, you know, the, the DPs and the producers. And that's kind of my my thing. And eventually I want to direct and do this, do the whole thing. Now, you were a producer, weren't you, on that tiny little show that went nowhere called Glow? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was the uh, the wrestling coordinator on that show, and everything wrestling went through me. So, yeah, I, I was involved in that one. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good one. That was like going to uh, the Harvard of, of television, to be honest. And that was that was I, great I, work working with Jenji Cohen and all the people over there. It was awesome. I, I can only imagine that. Yeah, it must have been a great, great gig. I, I remember reading about you being a producer on that show. Wow, he he's definitely got his foot in this world solidly now, and that's beautiful. But um, but I have to tell you, man, you know, where I was thinking guy before, I have to say I'm, I'm a little disappointed in you because I think you know that I'm single these days. And I know I asked you to hook me up with Allison Bree, and I'm still waiting. <laughs> well, you get through her, her, her husband, Dave Franco, first and <laughs> go from that. Ah, no problem. I learned a few things along the way. I can yeah, that. you did. Yeah, you did. Right on, right on, cool. Speaking of family, is, is it okay to, I know you're a private person, is it okay to say your wife's name on the show here? Don't say her name, but we'll just right. say, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, how yeah. is your amazing wife? She's an incredible person. I was at your wedding, how long ago was that now? 22, 22 years, wow. man. Wow. Yeah, 22 That's years. Yeah, she's doing good, man. She's doing awesome. She's a good girl and has decided to stick around me for a little bit, so <laughs> she's, she's doing all right. That's that is fantastic, man. And you're so what what is okay, we didn't we didn't talk at all before the show. And usually I talk to people right. for a few minutes and we, we there's no rules on the show. The only thing we try to avoid at all costs is, you know, the, the, the bad P word politics. So without getting political about it, how how does the world feeling where you live these days? I know you live in a busy area, I won't say where. Um right. But uh I mean, how is it to walk outside and interact with your fellow human being? You know, um, without getting too political right now, it's just it's such a weird, weird time when you have, you know, my side against your side and I'm right and your side's wrong. And it's really not. You know, we're we're we remember what we are. We're Americans. We're all Americans. Everybody wants the good of of our country. So let's compromise and get that thing done. And that's kind of where we need to be, you know, if. If our whoever our president is, if he's successful, then we're successful. That's that's where it's at. So I, I hate that politicians pit us against each other because that's that's not what it is. You don't always have to agree with somebody, but you know it, it's it's about working together and making something work. You know. So what, one question I love to ask of guys like you who are like a really good presence of mind and, and mm -hmm. whatnot is, is the following: You and I both know people especially within our worlds who are very much on, and I never say what side I'm on. I hope nobody out here even knows. I don't right, know. right, right. But we both know people on the other side. If, right. If a good friend of yours, gotta be good friends of yours who are on sure. the other side. If you get into a discussion with them and they have to go after it like a dog with a bone, how do you handle that? You know what, man, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, because you're, you're a fighter, you want to fight. But to me, it's, I just think that um, anybody who is 
supporting or condoning hate, that's that's not where I want to be, you know. And uh, no matter policies and this and that, but when you're condoning, you know, hating your fellow American because of their political stance, and that's that's not cool. I think um, that's the problem that we get into because I don't care what side you're on, if whoever I voted for, if they start, you know, crapping and shit in the bed, and I'm gonna be like, I'm, just because I voted for them doesn't mean give them a free pass. To me, I look at them, I judge them even harder now. I'm like, dude, I voted for you. You better, better, better do right, you know? So that's kind of, uh, you know, like my stance on it. And, you know, I understand everybody's side, but it's it just, to me, it's, that's, that's, um, you know, let's 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 love. Let's preach love and unity back together. Well, they say a house divided can't stand can't stand alone. So, uh, that's I believe that. Yeah, I I do too. From your lips to to God's ears, man. I am uh, I'm hoping right. I'm not going to say who I voted for or sure. Well, we don't. We don't. And doesn't it doesn't matter? We don't care. It doesn't matter. Let's just let's move on. It doesn't yes. matter who you voted for because we know who won. Let's move on and try to be better. Let's get the economy back. Let's get rid of this coronavirus. Let's yeah. ever get back to normal. That's whoever is in charge. That's That should be the number one priority. We are very much on the same page, my friend. I don't know if you see this thing popping up and down. This is my new baby here. I this do. To the podcast world. This is to the talking tough world. This is Wilson, everybody. And uh, Wilson, Wilson, that, what's going on? That <laughs> is an impression of a vicious pit bull he's doing right now. I know, I know. It's crazy, right? Pretty scary. Huh? <laughs> well, you've Thank always been you. a pit bull advocate, you know, so, uh, and, you know, I, they say they're the most loyal dogs out there, so uh, I love them. Do you have a dog? I do. I have a little rescue, a little rescue dog. He's a little mutt. He's awesome. He's the best. No, nothing quite like a uh, relationship with your father. No, man. It's like those, those, those things see into your soul, man. They're awesome. Talking about unconditional love, right? Well, without question, without question. Um, so we have a question for you asking why with, with WWE mm -hmm. hiring so many of your contemporaries, you know, i.e. Uh, the Hurricane Helmses, the Adam Pierces. Why, I think I know the answer, but I want to ask you, why have you not gone that direction? Um, well, few things first of all um they haven't asked <laughs> second of all you know what I, I would have to give up too much to sit there and go back to wwe full-time wwe takes you have to give up what you're doing in your life to, to to do that and i have so many other things going on with you know hollywood and my own ventures my own cigar company my own uh beer company you know my own podcast so it's hard it would be, I think it'd be hard for me to give up everything like that, you know? So, um, with me, I just, um, I don't know, man, you know, sometimes you just don't have, um, best relationship with them sometimes, you know, sometimes. And also I, I quit there. I left there. And sometimes they don't like when you, <laughs> when you leave there, but, but that being set aside, you know, it's all about making money. If we can make money and, and Vince Singh say, Hey, Chavo, let's, uh, bring you back in make him money, make me money. Then, then it works out. If it doesn't, then it doesn't, you know, there's no hard feelings. It is what it is. You know, to me, I've learned everything that I'm doing now is really because of what I learned from Vince McMahon. So 
you know, that's, that's, that's the truth, you know, with TV production and, and camera work and directing and just everything like that is really learned from, from Vince. Now I've taken it to, you know, taking and run with it a little bit, but really the, the, the basis all came from Vince. Yeah, no, I hear you. He's, he's an interesting guy. And I, I know we don't want to get too stuck on, on him or WWE, but uh, sure. it, it sounds like um, you, you obviously have a lot more experience with him than I do. Although I, I do right. have a very small entry in my book where it says Vince McMahon has been very, very bad to me and very, very good to me, but mostly good. <laughs> it, it, it I think like, I think know, everybody could say that. I think everybody could say that about this. I think so know? too. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he, dude, he's a billionaire for a reason. There's a billionaire. He's not in the charity business. He's there to make money. If you can make him money, you're going to have a job there. If you're not making him money, then you're not having a job there. Think about your Starbucks. You know, working at Starbucks, the owner of Starbucks, or, or even the store you're working at. He's not there just to give you charity and just sit there and drag your feet. He's there to make money. And if you can asset be an asset to the company, then you're there. Once once you figure that out, then that's, that's really all there is. Yep. True, true enough. Absolutely. And I figured the answer you gave for why you're not there. That's exactly what I was expecting. I know you have so much going on now and you're doing well. Uh, we're getting close to an hour, so I don't I don't want to keep you too long. But right. do you have a um, do you have a five year plan? What does the future look like? What do you what are your biggest hopes in the world right now yeah dude i got so much stuff going. i got a, I got a lot of irons in the fire man i started flipping houses i'm a, i'm always a hands-on guy so i'm always doing construction and that kind of stuff so uh, i started flipping houses there too i, I kind of do a lot of things so my this is my thing before i had wrestling wrestling right here and once rusty dried up my my when i left wrestling money dried up right i was like what am i going to do now so now i diversify everything so now i have you know, I do, you know, uh, a little bit of signings and then I got my beer company and then I got my cigars and then I got my uh, my stunt work and then I got my my Hollywood stuff. And then when someone something dries up, I just replace it with something else. And at the end of the day, that all comes down and has a little pot. So I kind of diversify now and do just a lot of different things, you know, and uh, just I I love being my own boss. I love being able to do what I want to do when I want to do it, go on vacation when I want to do it. And, uh, you know, we're, we work, we all got to work. We all got to pay bills and you might so as well do something you like. So all different things that you're involved in right now, do you mm -hmm. have a favorite? Um, oh, I love, I love the Hollywood business, man. I love, I love getting behind the camera now and just creating, man. That's, I think that's my favorite thing right now. I do you that. see writing, producing, directing? Is all I've, that? I've already produced. I was a supervised producer on Lucha Underground. Yep. Uh, I, I produced the two episodes of um, um, the Dark Side of the Ring that I was on, the Eddie and Benoit story. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I've got a bunch of stuff doing that. I'm doing some, some work with Seven Bucks Productions. So um, in the future, I'll do some more producing and maybe some executive producing. That's something that uh, I definitely, I just, it's all creating, man. I love creating that stuff. Yeah. I know, I know you've always uh, been a master of your own destiny in that regard as much as you could while you're with WWE. Obviously. Right, right, right. Yeah. You it's try, fun. man. You, you, you try, you know, and, and, you know, what happened with us is that being the Guerreros, we, we love the wrestling business. We fell in love with the wrestling business. So all we did was wrestle, 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 but wrestling has gotten so big now that you can take, that experience that you have working with a billionaire on a daily basis 
and you can expand that to other parts of the of the world really everything that i'm doing is still basically wrestling it's just different parts of wrestling everything i'm doing in hollywood it's what i learned in wrestling even though it may not be wrestling wrestling but it is what i learned in wrestling you know um working off the grill off, off my, my my character my brand that i've made that stuff it still basically stems from wrestling without wrestling at least for me without wrestling as that base then I'm, i can't do any of the things that i'm doing right now you know, I, I've always said for as long as I can remember that everything you learn in pro wrestling can be applied to, to the rest of your life. And certainly. Absolutely. So you know, I, 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 I hear you on that one. Now, your brand, uh, before yeah. we uh, before we let you go for the day, uh, yeah. our producers have had a, a lot of different several different links up for you while we're watching the right. podcast. Hopefully people right. have ordered those. Cool. Where do where do people want to go right now to really focus in on on what you're up to? You know, anybody can go to uh, my Instagram. I pretty pretty much put everything on my Instagram, which is uh, um, Child Girl Junior, and um, you know you, you'll see what's going on with my my Los Girls Mexican Lager, my beer, my new ventures that are always coming out there, my house flipping, definitely my. Uh, my Hollywood stuff, what I can post, like right now, I just finished a show that I can't really post about yet, but as soon as I can, I'll start posting about that stuff. And, uh, you know, kind of everything's on there, you know, you're, um, that, I think that's, at least for me, you know, I have my Twitter at, at Mex Warrior also, but, um, you know, that's, Twitter's mostly news. For me, it's, uh, my Instagram is, you know, people want to see pictures, they want to see fast, they want to see a quick story. That's kind of where I'm, I'm at doing stuff. Okay, so at Shavo Guerrero Jr., JR. JR. Yep. All right. You'll there's, see. There's, you just put Chavo up in the very first one. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, well, I got a text from Guy saying he's having technical difficulties and no tried worries. to rejoin but couldn't. He wanted me to let you know that it's very. He said it very good to meet you. And yeah, for sure. I, I think we're all in a text thread together earlier, but if you don't mind, I'll share your contact information with each other. Please do. Yeah, please do, man. And we'll just do this again, man. We'll do it again when we have better connection, and we'll uh, we'll knock it out, bro. Maybe you'll have them on your podcast. I know you have a podcast now. That's great. Yes. Yes. So, so my new podcast is out uh, and new episodes coming soon. I just signed a, a deal with a podcast company. So that's why there's been a lull from the last podcast, but there's about eight of them out there. And uh, uh, it's called Suplexes and Cervezas with Chavo Guerrero Jr. It's going really good. People are really liking it. It's kind of like uh, feels like being in the backseat of a road trip with the, with uh, the guys, you know, and girls. Yeah, I look forward to watching your uh, your progress and your success with that. Thanks, brother. Appreciate John, you, brother. Really good to have you on. Good to see you. It's been too long, my friend. It has, it has, and keep uh, Hawaii to keep it keep it warm for me, man. I'll I'll, I'll make it up. I'll make it back out there soon. I think oh, I'm going to anytime. I'd love to have you. I think uh, once this stuff lights up, I can go be back in Kauai, you know, in uh, in June or July. But uh, can't wait for that. If you are, take your, take your 25-minute flight, please, and pop over for a minute. I may do that. <laughs> All right, man. Great to see you, Shavo. Again, thanks so much. Thank you, brother. God bless, man. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. All right, guys. And we have concluded with Guy Mesger, who was in and out, but I thought great when he was on, and Shavo Guerrero, and Wilson, who uh, doesn't want to leave my side today, it seems, but that's a good thing. And I am wondering if uh, if John Paz is still with us. John, are you out there in technical difficulty land?
I am here. How are you doing, Rick? So far. Amazing. Uh, good. And we're loud and clear. It looks like we have a good connection. That's great. That's great. Um, did we miss anything that we should have gone into? Uh, a couple of people were asking about Kerwin White. What was his, uh, you know, basically, did he like that gimmick? Did he not like that gimmick? People were asking about the agent thing, but he covered that, which was which was pretty cool. I think that would be smart if they brought him in as an agent. But obviously, he's got so many other things going on yeah. that might not be feasible for him. Um, I would ask him about Pepe, the uh, the horse. Right. For sure, I would ask him about Pepe. Um, you know, but I, I saw those questions popping up about Pepe and about Kerwin White. And you know me, I kind of try to avoid getting too deep into the, the, the gimmicky sort of stuff. But um, do you're you're like a master at that stuff. What what in the world do you think Creative was thinking when they gave him those kind of things to work with? Where does that where does that SHIT come from? Seriously, and that's not that's not a, an aside at Chavo because I know he had nothing to do with that, and he did the best he could with it. But where does that come from, man? I think Pepe was his idea, and I believe it was well, just okay. a, like it was just a joke. Colonel White apparently was a rib. I was I've been hearing uh, the uh, rumors uh, that it was a rib, and I guess you know they just thought okay, Chavo is going to play his character because there's actually a guy, Kerwin uh, Cephes or however you pronounce his name, and basically it was a make fun of that guy, so it was like a, a rib on that guy. But you never know with the, you know Vince and whoever's writing. So I guess sometimes they go a little bit on the uh, juvenile side, kind of like the Mike Jones being Virgil kind of thing. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. You know, it's interesting. I and I, I've thought about this. This might be getting a little deep, but let's let's go there. So, it's a bit of a rib, right? But then it becomes whoever the character, whoever the guy is, has to take on that character. That's someone's idea of a funny joke. That becomes that person's entire existence for a while. Yes. Pretty. That's pretty freaky, isn't it? Yeah, if you think about some of the guys. Like, obviously, I know Shane Douglas very well. He was Dean Douglas, hated it. Doctor Tom Pritchard hated playing Zip of the Body Donnas. So sometimes, when you get those gimmicks, yeah, you know, sometimes you get those gimmicks. They suck. But a guy like uh, Fred Ottman, who played Shockmaster, who fell over, and obviously, you know, he screwed it up. He just jokes and he laughs about it. He just takes it in stride. Said, "Well, hey, people remember me 20, 30 years later, and you know they made a figure of it. I'm making money off of it. So sometimes the guys just roll with it, and I feel like the guys that roll with it just kind of take it easier, and they make money off of you know it could be a silly gimmick or even a rib or something. They could make money off of it. But you know, That's a guy true. like uh, Doctor Tom or Shane, they definitely felt a little slighted with a, a terrible gimmick like what they were handed." I'm sure your good buddy uh, Glenn Jacobs loved playing Dr. Isaac Yankum. We were, I literally, we just talked to him and Dr. Tom. He was on um, Taking You to School show, and he was talking about how you kind of just do that to get your foot in the door. Once you get in the door, you're hoping that something changes where they give you a better gimmick. Even Undertaker said to him, like, dude, this is a shit gimmick. Like, we got to get you something else. Like, And fake <laughs> Diesel's not cutting it either. We got to get you something else. So when they came up with Kane, Undertaker obviously was was, was ecstatic because he had somebody to feud with. And Glenn was super excited because this was a great character that he could do something with. And he knew Isaac Yankin was taking him nowhere and fast. I'd say Kane was slightly better than the crazy dentist. Absolutely. Yes, which apparently is a Jerry Lawler joke that he always wanted to book a like a dentist, crazy dentist with bad teeth and everything. So I guess Vince heard that and was like, yeah, let's do it. And he took him seriously. 
God bless Jerry Lawler. They ought to bring him back as uh, the Red Rooster incarnated. That'd be awesome. The Red Rooster's another one with Terry Taylor. Just another terrible gimmick that the guy absolutely hated. And you could tell he hated it, and it was just, I don't know, I guess it's Vince's it's stupid so idea. He was He's like, oh, he, this guy's like the cock of the walk. Look at him. He's all cocky, and he's like the Red Rooster. Just, so man, bad. awful. Awful mistake. All right, let's keep uh, let's keep goofing around here. Uh, let's talk politics without getting political. What's the mood like on the eastern side of this country, man? Oh, it's crazy. It's it's crazy. There, uh, everyone is up in arms. Uh, whether it's uh, a Dark Knight Rises plot reincarnated or whatever the hell is going on, yeah, everybody's in uproar over here for sure. Dude, you know, it's like it's trippy out here. It's, you know, you heard me talk for. With this whole thing started back in March, the COVID thing, at least the poli- you know, the politics mess has been lasting longer. But you've heard me talk since then. You and Hannibal, we talked about this a lot. That oh, it's mellow out here. You don't know there's anything going on. But man, I I had to go out today. I never I never go out. I'm isolated in this house up on the hill with my dogs, right? But I got a dog sitter today. I went out into town. We call it going into town. It's a big uh, excursion here you know, to run errands, to target and stuff like that. And dude, people, people are like walking around flexed. I mean, it's no joke. Everybody just seems pissed off. Maybe I'm being overly sensitive, but I don't think so. Are, are you feeling that vibe too? Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. It's a, it's a crazy world right now, but a lot of people are pissed on both sides for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. But, but I don't know. I feel like it definitely is a, it's at a boiling point. That's for sure. And I'm going to see you in D.C. protesting next week, right? I uh, highly doubt it. Okay. I mean, <laughs> if it's not somewhere in New Jersey, you will not see me or or, uh, or a little, maybe a little bit into New York. No, I, I know you don't like traveling much. I don't these days. That's for sure. Um, I am going to Qatar later this year, though. That. Um, How do you really pronounce it? Is it Qatar or is it Qatar? I've heard it pronounced both ways. You know, I don't. I will never speak with authority on something I'm not certain about. I call it Qatar because for some reason I have the impression that's how you say it. But I could be wrong, man. I don't know. I've heard it pronounced both ways, so I'm not even sure because who you know who's right and who's wrong. But I just thought, uh, where the hell is that? I'm trying to think. Is that by uh, Dubai? It's in the Middle East, yeah. Okay. Um, when I next speak with Ali Marafi, the owner of, how do we say it now, Qatar or Qatar Pro Wrestling, I will ask him for the correct correct pronunciation because now I want to know too. But, uh, are you going to be? Uh, are you going to be wrestling, managing? What are you? What are you doing over there? Helping with uh, talent and whatnot. Yeah, that uh, looking looking forward to it, man. That's one place I've always wanted to go. I've been to Dubai before. I've been to UAE. I've been to Israel. I've been to Egypt. Uh, but this will be a new country and. I hear it's a really cool show in addition to it being an amazing country. So just looking forward to, you know, one of those rare uh, across the seas get togethers with the boys. That'll be pretty cool. Who's like the headliner? Who's like the big name that they're booking over there? I uh, got a K Fabio on that one right now. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. All right. That when is, when cool. is the show? Uh, September. Oh, so, so, okay. It's a, a while away. Yeah. It's a while away. Okay. But, uh, It'll be, it's going to be a, a big one, a sizable one for sure. Did, uh, what happened to our boy Hannibal today? Is he around? He, he messaged me before. And since we didn't say that we were going to do this afterwards, he, you know, obviously he had, something else came up. So he wasn't, 
didn't really know this was going to happen. So I was like, I don't think we're coming on afterwards. Um, so he obviously had something else going on. No worries. I know typically he'd be at the gym, but I believe the gym's closed again where he lives in Canada. He was last night after we were done recording, he went for a two mile run or something like that in zero degree weather. So who the hell knows what he's doing? He's nuts. Who knows? That guy's an animal for he for is. His, he is for his yep. age and the size of his body and the injuries he's had. He goes on like these crazy long distance runs in sub freezing weather. Yep. I, I Dude, I can barely walk to the mailbox, and I'm in 70-degree weather here in Maui, so go figure. Yep. Oh, look at this. A comment from Hannibal. Zip could have been WWE champion. I, hey, I love Dr. Tom. I agree. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Hannibal, if you are are you out there? If you are, uh, join us for a moment. Um, if, that was if from not, about 10 minutes ago, so I'm not sure if he's well, – he may have just briefly showed up. If not, I want to respond to your uh, your comment about Zip being a great champion and say you are absolutely incorrect. Sorry, I had to say it. I just don't see, I love, I love Tom Pritchard, one of my favorite people in the business. I just don't see the zip character carrying the belt or the strap. And I'm sure Devin was being facetious anyway. So that's all right. Definitely for sure. What, um, what else did we miss for, uh, for Guy and Shavo, anything else we uh, should address? For Guy, I, I mean, I love, I mean, I love UFC as far as just like that time period he was in there, the two fights with Tito, stuff like that, would have interesting. But I was more interested in his Pride stuff, you know, the Sakuraba fight and a bunch of other stuff, the, the Chuck Liddell fight. Uh, I would definitely been interested in that for sure. I just think that would have been uh, some good stuff if, if you know, the connection worked out, or maybe you can get him on again and talk a little bit of Pride. Yeah. Yeah, we certainly could. Um, that yeah, that would be fun to do. I think it'd be fun maybe to do, um, you know, me and my multiple guest thing. I think it'd be fun to do a Lions Den episode one day, and uh, you know, maybe round up the guys we were talking about, Mikey Burnett. Guy was going to tell us a funny story about Mikey when he cut out. Um, you know, Vernon White, Trey Taligman, Pete Williams. Uh, you know, all all the old boys from the OG days. That might be fun to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. For sure. I think I will work on putting that one together. And for anybody that's, um, anyone that's still out there and watching or listening, you know, send in your comments about ideas for what I like to call superhero team-ups. Um, you know, what, what we try to do here on this part of Talking Tough, at least, is to match a you know, legendary or iconic pro wrestler with someone who's a legend or icon from the MMA space. And, uh, it can make for some, uh, you know, interesting uh, conversations. So ideas, let us have them, please. Always, always up for looking for the next cool thing. Absolutely. Well, John, my friend, I think um, talked out. Thank God for everybody listening. And uh, I think I'm going to go get my groceries out of the car now before they all spoil in this nice warm weather. Good idea. Good to see you as always. Thank you for hosting. Uh, huge thank you to Hannibal, Devin Nicholson, as always, for helping us out on YouTube. Uh, thanks so much for our other fantastic producer, Rachel Sartoris, who is joining us behind the scenes from Big Bad LA, where I know it's really crazy. 
And so thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Hannibal. John, thank you always. Before I sign off, a quick shout out to an old one of UPW, Ultimate University's original wrestling students, Michael Candelaria, a.k.a. Pure Talent. Michael, good to see you watching. Uh, thank you, everybody who watches the show. Thank you, everybody, for writing. Uh, we're enjoying doing this, and we're going to do our best to bring you good content that doesn't cut out on you. That's the streaming world. We're, uh, we're all just uh, living in it. Rick Baspin here on Maui for my pups, Eos, Dennis, and Wilson. For John Paz at Two Man Power Trip, Devin Nicholson at the Hannibal TV, our producer Rachel Sartoris in Los Angeles. Uh, peace out till next time. Thank you. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that.